0: Power Founder of the Ladies Waving Dog Group. Are you feeling stuck with your gun dog training? Trust me you're not alone and that's exactly why you need to be here. Every week we're bringing you the best tips and hacks to make training your gun dog easy peasy. We'll keep it straightforward, no fuss, just actionable guidance that you can put straight to use. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Found It, Fetch It. This week I'm talking to Christina Rader of Hunt Axe I hope I said that correctly, Christina, and we're going to be talking all about her organization and how she does business in a different country. I'm really excited about this because there's quite a lot of similarities between our organization. So let's start with um, a big welcome. Welcome, Christina. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me here. I'm happy to be here and yeah, curious what your questions will be.
0: Yourself and myself, we've done uh, little pieces of work over a few years now. Um, I've been very lucky and very grateful to be on your podcast and to do some stuff with your organisation. But before we go into that, can you tell everybody listening a little bit about your background?
1: Yes, I think about how I should start. So, first of all, I think I got to earth with the wish to have a dog because it was really early when I was always in the ears of my parents that it's so boring life without a dog and if there are Sundays without doing anything it should be it would be really better to have a dog and I think when I was seven uh, we got the first one so it was uh, at the end of the nerves of my parents. So they uh, were 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 fine with that, and we got a golden retriever. Golden retriever, yeah. Like you shouldn't buy one. So not with a really good club behind. You get there, see some puppies, think they're cute, and you pick up one. Yeah, and it was um, a really. Um, yeah really I think not a golden like it's typical you think when you get one out from the working lines it doesn't want it to retrieve anything he doesn't want to go into water he wasn't fine with other dogs so it wasn't the easiest one and so I was always in dogs I was always with my mom around in the dog school also when I was 7 I was I think nearly with every with every um with every lesson I was around and also if there was anything with dogs I was there and when I was 13 my mother died and it was my Yeah, It was my thing after that to take care of the dog. And it was also, I think, a little bit luck to have the dog and also to get half year later another one. Because, yeah, when you are 13 and you lose your, I think, most important person in life, it's not that easy to come along. And the dogs were always my... My ritual, the whole day you had to stand up before school, you had to work. I think I'm the only 30, I'm the only girl that um, was 13. And every every day before school, I went up early to walk the dog. After school, coming back, the first thing, walk the dog. And it was also a time where I was a little bit, yeah, connected to lady that had a dog school and she was also a hunter and um, also trained hunting dogs and so I got a little bit more into it because the second dog I got was a German wirehair I discussed so long with the breeder (laughs) that he yeah at the end uh, gave me the second bitch He just wanted to keep for himself. And she also wasn't a really easy dog because she was everything else than easy. She was, um, I think she had, she, she was afraid of shots. She was really, when she was five months old, she was running like hell. You had a point in the sky somewhere. She was around for herself. She wasn't easy with other dogs. She wasn't easy with other parents, with other people. So everything you could imagine, she did. And she really was a really challenge for me. And during this time, I also get more into the dog world more and more. And I think when I was 18 or 19... I because I was so much with seminars, with lessons, with the lady, with um, the dog school, I got into the dog training more and more and had my first lessons. And it took a while when my German wire hair died, then I got a Labrador. Because always I had in my mind, I knew one, the one from the lady. I went also for the dog school. And she was such a nice dog. And although my German Wirehair bitch didn't like any dogs, she was fine with her. It was, I think, the only dog she came along with. And I had always in my mind, the next dog I get, it will be something like that. (laughs) Not um, Not the things I had before and yeah when i when my german hair died with 12 years around then this lady was so yeah so so sad with me and she i don't know why she didn't have the relationship she thought she should have with the dog with this labrador bitch and so she asked me uh yeah maybe should she sleep night with you that you aren't alone when you have, uh, when you haven't a dog yet. And so I said, yes, why not? And she came with me and it was like, yeah, she had been all the time with me. And after that, she stayed there. <laughs> and um, I think she was five years old then. And yeah, we we were a team from the first day on. And After a while, I get, um, yeah, also a partner with different or with many dogs. So in total, we had, I think, around 10 or 11 dogs, also Labradors, Golden Spaniels. And we braid together also. And yes, now I'm there with my two, three Labrador bitches and one dog and still running the business, giving seminars, retriever training, dummy training, doing um, training holidays with the people around, and, yeah, doing many online trainings also, stuff like this, and this is a a small thing from the beginning till now.
0: It's mad, isn't it, how we start uh, one path, with with one dog with one plan with with one expectation and then as it grows it sort of becomes our like entire world so you've got a a selection of Labradors at this point and you're if I'm understanding right you're working with this lady at which point did you sort of separate and this became your organization and then how did that go from sort of being this sort of organization where you were training face-to-face to to this almost similar to us you almost got like a a global business now haven't you you've got a podcast you've got this um organization people can become uh can log into and and do courses etc how did that that happen for you
1: first i was always working together with somebody first with the dog school uh from the lady I got the Labrador later on with the man I was in a relationship with, so we also did the work together. And when I get separated from him, then afterwards I said, "Now, now it's my thing going forward. Whatever it takes."
0: That's fabulous. And tell us a little bit more about like like that journey. Like you know, because when I look at your phone, doesn't anybody um is listening to this? You, uh, you can find a wonderful account on Instagram. What is your Instagram handle, Christina?
1: My Instagram account?
0: Yes, it's hundepraxis.com. Bob, and if you go and see that, there's some. Well, there's there's thousands of posts of you with your dogs. It's absolutely beautiful. You spend a lot of time working with your dogs and as a, as a sort of not an offshoot of that but your photos and your images from the work you do with your dogs then help promote your business don't they? Yeah of course
1: they help because I think they show a little bit how you are with your dogs how because when you take pictures with anybody or when I get out with the photographer it's Usually they take a picture when you don't think about that they are taking some pictures now. And yeah, it's, of course, very helpful to have so many very, very impressive pictures and so many nice shots from Union you dog. It's always when we go out and when we do some photos, I'm always impressed what's coming out there after some minutes. And it's always a pleasure. Yeah.
0: And do you still hunt um, with your dogs?
1: For sure, yes. How it's possible for us here, because in Germany we don't have that much possibilities. We don't have the game, like, or the game industry, like you have it in the UK. So we don't have that many parts where you have much dogs, much pheasant, much partridges and so on. So if I am going out for picking up. I'm usually in Belgium, so I'm living close to the Belgian border and there have some places where I can go over. And, um, yeah, finally finished my uh, shooting license. So maybe there will be also another possibilities now because till now I just went out with the dogs and just went with them for picking up. And now I will see what's going on in this year again.
0: So you started off with a golden retriever and then you had a pointer and now you have labs. Do labs have your heart forever or are you ever tempted by other breeds? Mm -hmm.
1: I also like very much the working Springer spaniels. So but it's not easy to get here in Germany a really good one because it's cur- it's very upset the really english type the working springer type you we don't breed here because we just have the i think the show lines we have also some that are a little bit more the hunting lines but it's not the body it's not the The temper, what they have, so it's very difficult. We can go over to the Netherlands or to Denmark, where we maybe just have some kennels. Because, of course, I could get over to England, but then I just can't, or I can't take a puppy when it's sixteen weeks old over with me. So it's also not that nice possibility. I prefer but um i'm a little bit searching about that so a working spring a spaniel will be around with me again and also golden will be also um, will be also again with me but it's it's the labrador will still be every time with me but i think here in germany for me at the moment it's not that easy to get working golden that i think it's from the temperament it's from the character it's from the working it's from the confirmation like that what i prefer so it's not easy and we also have yeah and healthy so uh, it's a little bit difficult and i'm always looking what's coming out and it's still in my mind yeah maybe Also gain a German wire hair because I just have to, yeah, to prove my mind if there should be also another German wire hair. It's not like the crazy lady I had. So um, I think this will be also a challenge for me somewhere in life where I will get another one.
0: (laughs) I think over here we call that Glatten for Punishment. I want to do it again. But yeah, I can totally understand. and there are such emotional connections with different dogs in your past. It, you know, I know for myself I, I I don't want to recreate the past, but there's there's certainly parts of me that want to to, to continue what I was doing with Dad and after Dad and, and seeing where I can take that. With regards to sort of um, your podcast how did you get how did you get into that because I wasn't sort of forced into it but we it was an idea it got thrown up we started doing it and we like in this third year or coming into the third year I think what made you do something similar around working dogs in Germany.
1: I think my idea is always to make the people understand dogs better. It's it's not just about training or to show the people how they should hold their hand when they have uh, yeah something inside or how they have to do it to keep the dog nice on the leash. It's for me, it's always. The understandment behind and the understanding for the dog and to be interested in dogs, because when you have a pet at home or you want to train a dog for something sportive or for the hunting, it's so much easier to, yeah to to come along and to deal with some with different things if you understand your dog. and also if you're interested in modern, methods, how it's working, also to look on different sportive things. So I like also very much the, yeah, I don't know, the protection dog work, I, I love it when I see Malinois that are really nice trained and that are really doing a great job. And it's also interesting for me to look to different people, different types of working with the dog, how it works there, because you you learn every time or you should learn every time and sometimes it's good to have a look at this or this to just yeah maybe get something in it that helps you further on when you have a problem training with yourself or with the dog
0: Fabulous! And recently, um, we both uh, recorded something for you. Run um, like an annual online congress. Tell us a little bit more about that, like why you started that, what your plans are for it, and how and how our members can sort of like be involved in that.
1: Yeah, I uh, last year I had uh, the. I think shortcut idea to do a dummy training online congress because I know it from different sorts or different um yeah times of life that you make a congress for something selling or meds medical congresses and a congress an online congress of course it it comes everything a little bit faster from the covid time but yeah. Not everything is bad from this, so with a congress, you have three uh, now. This time, there will be three days with I think eight to ten different interviews or different, um, different speeches about so many topics all around the dummy training from different trainers, from the medical part, from also a vet, from a sportive therapist, from different people, so that you can have so many topics in three days about just getting an idea. Maybe um, if you think, okay, how this person deals with this question or this topic, um, how does he or she Start with the training with Poppy or how does she or he build up lines or whatever that comes. And it's just, yeah, to to have days where you can get ideas. And if you think the ideas are very interesting, you can get, of course, more into contact. You can get more into what they are doing there. And of course, anybody can join us, uh, can join it because you can enter it and get one month for free just all the time. You can um, do everything. You can see everything. You can watch it like how many times you want to do it. And so, yeah, maybe it is helpful because you have a problem and maybe the topic will be a good idea for you maybe something will be new, maybe something will be for repeating and it's just good to have it on mind again. And so I love it to, to share to share knowledge and uh, to make it yeah, possible for everybody to take part in it. That's the thing behind.
0: So um, we we'll put up some information. For those who are listening in the members lounge now, because we um, are recording this profoundly fetched it but we are streaming it live into our member section um, as, as a perk for them to, to, to listen to Christina. And if you have any questions, ladies, please put them in the Facebook comments and I can ask Christina those for you. Um, but we, uh, if you're listening on Family Fetched It, we'll put a link in the show notes to the Congress so that you can go and find out more about that. Going back to your dogs, Christina, what is it that you find the most, Difficult about working with Labrador's? The most difficult.
1: (laughs) I think that they are also so different and not like everybody thinks it's always the easiest to train a Labrador because everybody thinks, yeah, it's just to tell them what they should do and they will do everything. But they're also, every every dog's different and I have, yeah, I think a little bit more the sensitive ones so it's also, um, yeah, a challenge to learn how to handle them and not to force them too much not to punish them too much to read them and not to be involved if they make nice eyes and say, I don't know what you're doing or what you're wanting from me, but you know, she knows very exactly what she should do now. And I think more isn't there because they're really nice to train or a dog that is nice to train because I that's the only one. I don't know a Labrador that it's not easy to motivate with food maybe for some things (laughs) um for the heel work or for the recall or whatever and yeah maybe the interesting in food could be also a a thing that can fall on your feet but with the labradors it's really a nice nice working breed i like to train on
0: I absolutely agree with you. I think there is this this perception by those who haven't owned a Labrador that a Labrador isn't a challenge. But I I totally agree with you. Every single dog is different. You can have a really easy to train spaniel and a really easy to train HPR. And they do exist. They they are amongst us, but you know, in the same way, you can have incredibly hard versions of every breed to train can't you
1: yes that's true that's true that also is the development you that maybe is a part when you look at the breed i think it's changing a bit you have to really focus on what you prefer in the dog what you want to have near your leg when you uh, go out if you want a relaxed nice calm dog or if you want to have a hot one that is really just want to go forward and nearly exploding when you say something and it's, it's not that easy because um I think it's not the training it's more to look what dog you get from because um yeah it's there are many dogs that have so much temperament or that have so much eager to work that it's a little bit too much and usually these dogs that have really a little bit it's it i like it when they have very much temperament but these ones that are just looking for work i think the most i've seen a little bit In the character, not that sure in the whole life around. So that's a thing, a point. I prefer to look at where I got the dog from, what it's bred from, and um, how the parents are like, and how the puppies are raised up. That's very important for me.
0: There's almost. It's funny you mentioned those points because I was speaking on another episode with um, some of the experts, and there's almost across all the breeds, they're getting faster, they're getting hotter, they're getting quicker. Um, And for newcomers into the sport, it is far more difficult now to find a calmer bred dog, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think
1: so. It's. I think also the exercises or the things we want to see in tests have also changed a bit. It's yeah getting far away. It's uh, getting very technical sometimes. It's very yeah also high a high level for the dogs, and of course you need. Dogs that have the, the will to go for it. But yeah, still, I think, I don't know how much you take your dogs into training. But when I see how much my dogs are working and training and how much they're just laying around and uh, coming with me all my day... It's a point that it's really important to look at how the dog's in the rest of his life. And so I think when you want to have a working dog, it doesn't matter if you look for a spaniel, for a retriever, for something, pointing dogs or whatever. You don't have just to look at the points from different tests they made and you don't need the dog that made all the highest points with everything. It's just the thing your heart says, okay, these parents are nice, that are friendly with every foreigner, they are friendly with dogs, they are easy in life. I think that is more important because yeah, if you have a working dog, training that to work will be also fine if you have not, the hottest one, it will be also working.
0: Absolutely. I think it's almost as if you need to say, let me see the parents when they switched on, and now let me see the parents when they switched off. And and can (laughs) they make that change? Yeah,
1: it's very interesting. That's what, of course, we prefer from the retrievers very much. If they are checking their... Sitting there between, yeah, I think many, many minutes, many hours, not nothing to do, and how, yeah, could they relax? But when you tell them to work something, are they on point? And that's the thing, yeah, we should have our focus on when we when we get, uh, of course, also in training right from the beginning. But I think it's very, very great part to look where you get the dog from
0: absolutely going forward for you with your dogs and with your your organization you know within the start of a new year 2024 what sort of things do you have planned for yourself with your dogs like will you be doing more tests etc or and what will you be doing with the business
1: um, first, I think with my oldest one, she's now eight, I'll, and but she's fit and she's healthy. So um, with her, I want to go on tests a little bit more because, yeah, you don't know how many time there's still with them to go out. Then I think uh, I will make a litter with her daughter now this year because everything is fine for that. So um, this will be also... Very interesting because uh, the daughter is the last litter I had uh, five years before, nearly again. So this will be also very interesting time for me. And then, yes, we will do, of course, many travels. We'll be around doing vacation holidays with the people, trading around. And um Different things. So we are also filming some steps from the training with my youngest one. She's now good two years old. So we're doing the steps right from yeah, the beginning, puppy and so hopefully some sometimes for the open ready. So of course, that is always a project we are going around. And yeah, what I'm I'm planning always the the most important things. So I have it in my life. But um I'm always a little bit spontaneous looking what's coming into life into the year. And if I could wish in the in the autumn I would be or I'd like to come over to England again to train a little bit and also maybe for some hunting days.
0: Well we'll definitely see if we can arrange something. It would be lovely to meet you face to face. Yes when- that would be fine. I've met so many wonderful people from the UK, but across the world from the the stuff I do with working dogs, and and when I look at them, sometimes I never thought they would bring me this. You know, it couldn't be foreseen. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very grateful to to my two for for giving me the friendships they've given me inadvertently.
1: Yeah, it's so it's so nice when you travel around in different countries and you join with people that are also doing the same like you if you go to Denmark or if you go to Belgium if you go to Austria or wherever you're going you can go out with the dogs and yeah, everybody could make an exercise and you know what to do that's uh, I like with these sports and it's also really a nice joinment when you meet new people. It's
0: always nice. Absolutely. Um, before I end our podcast, we've got one question. What is the name of your podcast, Christina? It's the Hundepraxis.com
1: podcast.
0: <laughs> Fabulous. Keeping it all easy, and that's absolutely important because um you know it's simple to find everything this ladies and gentlemen is the same for christina's uh, instagram which we've covered i think it's the same on facebook as well yeah. isn't it from, yeah. from what i've seen so you can find everything and it is absolutely fabulous to, to follow everything because for me it's not just uh what i learn from you but like even the photos and things i get to see uh life in the country in a in a different country and that's that's so um, fantastic to watch. I'm uh, just checking to make sure if there's any other questions. The Members lounge, I know they are, um, this came out of the blue, but if there is anybody who's got any questions that you want me to ask, can you pop them in the comments and I'll, I'll make sure I read through them. Uh, be with me, Christina. Maybe it's also, um, in addition, important
1: to mention that with the Congress, if they get part into it, There are also different speeches on English. So it's not just German. And there will be subtitles um, for the German people down the English ones and in the opposite again. So
0: you don't have to understand German if you want to join that. Which, yeah, I'm sure that's lots of people's questions because um, not as many British can speak European languages as Europeans who speak British um we are we are very much behind you now without a shadow of a doubt but you yeah, do but have you speak a lot of world language so <laughs> dogs dogs <laughs> yes <laughs> so what other english speakers do you have at the moment i
1: have oh my my uh imagination i have rita cookini i have Oliver Kirali, I have you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have many more, but. There'll be almost like a list, if I remember from last year, you provide like a list of of all the speakers. Yes. Yes, they can see it, yeah. And, And what's the dates for that? It's beginning on the
1: 15th of February. And then from this point on, one month.
0: Fabulous. Okay. Um, I can't see any of the questions at this point. Um, Thank you very, very much, Christina, for doing this podcast with me. And thank you very, very much for agreeing to to go live into the into the members community as well. Because I think for those who listen to our podcast, podcasts are great. But I always like visually watching something as well. I feel sometimes a better connection with the person because I can see them and I can hear them the same time so thank you very very much for that um for everyone listening please check out the show notes this will have all the information for you to counter christina um and so all i've got left to do is say thank you very much christina for giving us your time thank you very much for having me here it was a pleasure that's it for today's episode a massive thank you for tuning in don't forget to head over to the lwdg and sign up for our membership Get access to expert-led training, a wonderfully supportive community, and the resources you need to become a confident and skilled gun dog trainer. Let's take this journey together because no woman should have to train her gun dog alone. We'll see you all next week.